Oh, welcome everyone to season two of Wood from the Trees with Derek <laughs> Leo Harrigan and Derek it's a, Murray. It's a nice big thing in my face here. We are having pints of wine. <laughs> no, we're not. We are. We're not. This is the first one where we've had uh, uh, had a few drinks. In our Galway Bay glasses. You make sure that you keep these in. Right there. Oh, yeah, we're as close. Oh, Just oh, imagine oh, that it's your boyfriend's member again uh, yeah again and then you'd be grand just don't lick it because you might get an electric shock and i'm not insured for that kind of thing <laughs> we can't lick it no no, no. okay it's pretty crusty so these guys are my best friends right they're around number let's back that up a nine, second now no, hold on nine or ten okay nine or ten right and they don't think they're my best friends but What's they always text me and go oh since you came into our lives you're the best thing ever we love you so much as i'm touching myself <laughs> Again. I, I met these two lads at the cannonball and when I went to the cannonball I didn't think that I'd I didn't think there'd be much crack ad now say but it actually was they were great hot crack and lately people have been messaging me and they've been really liking the podcast where you're talking to people that because there's a lot of young people that are confused and they do stuff in college and they do stuff in school and they don't know what to do when they get older and they think that if they fail at whatever they're studying at that they're going to fail in whatever they plan to do after and it's a big mess. Yeah. So it's great to have two guys that are somewhat successful in business, but that didn't fa- plan. <laughs> that failed. <laughs> <laughs> that, that failed in many, many other yeah. things. Well, we don't we'll tell you what we, not we to do. Yeah. We, myself and Leo always have this saying, we're, not, we're never losing, we're learning. Yeah. Yeah. I never said that. You did. No, I didn't. Just in the way in. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, so we start with Derek Murray, and your company that you own is? For Golf. So... Yeah, we're a golf custom club making business. And uh, you were in business how long? Uh, since 97. We opened the business in 97 with about twenty, about 25 grand. We started the business with 25 grand. And um, now we turn over quite a bit more than that. And that obviously wasn't what you started in, in school. No, and, and so like, it's interesting you say that the, the whole, you know, that there's people out there that are confused and I would, like I didn't know what to do and like I, I did that even search just out of it because it was kind of the end of the road thing it wasn't that I was a remember the penis thing remember put it right here you want it real close yeah that's nice okay fine yeah, um, just gonna rub your beard up <laughs> yeah leave it up here but I didn't know but I didn't know what to do like we like like you went to school sorry Leo and I are, are buddies from school we went to school together and uh like I didn't know what I wanted to do in fact I remember doing the CEO course and filling out the fucking CEO and saying there was like salmon farming thing in Donegal. I said, fuck it, I'll put that down. Salmon farming? Well, yeah, because it was sounded cool, you know. Well, not cool, no, it but it sounded different. It doesn't shit. Salmon farming? Well, no, because it was on the CEO and there was very little points for it. I thought that I could maybe that do that. That makes more know. sense than it sounded cool. That was on the second page. I never even got there. <laughs> yeah, no, but it was like, you, you just didn't know what to do. Like, and like, I, I genuinely didn't know what to do, but I I did know. I, I It's funny, when I came out of school, then I was like, oh, I want to get into radio. I want to get into journalism. And that's what I really wanted. I was really good at English, so I was only getting into journalism. So I'd applied to a couple of radio stations and then got some work with a couple of radio stations. Pirate uh, ones or real ones? Irish ones. No, 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 pirate ones. Real ones, yeah. <clears throat> Straight out of school? Yeah, yeah, I got some... To do what? Well, just like make tea and run around and all that kind of shit. So like nothing, not on the show or anything, but just to, I, I wanted to get into journalism and, and that's where my parents were kind of pushing me towards to do that um, broadcasting slash journalism. So that's, that's what, and I thought that's what I wanted to do. But uh, yeah, I mean, like, I guess one of the things I learned was just to take 
just to go on the journey just take the journey like take take what's coming at you and just go on the journey because like if you fucking try and plan the whole thing out like you have to remember like you're 17 18 yeah, you're fucking, <laughs> i didn't know what the hell i wanted to do mm. and i genuinely you mean probably, that still knowing you you probably didn't even know I your still sexuality I still, well i, I know I was, I was fairly thanks Dave. <laughs> <I was> fairly, <laughs> Didn't see that one going. No. <laughs> I did like a sniper's bullet that way, <laughs> but like I, I genuinely didn't know what to do. So anyway, look, it, it's worked out pretty good for me, to be fair. But I mean, I guess the the learning side of this is, you know, it, it's not necessarily what you what you think you want to do. You just have to go on the journey, and it, it will find you. So and how like, long my, did my you job stay in radio? Well, we we got on. We, we, I was working with Radio Dublin then for a while. Well, but I got a job, so I went working at the K Club in in Kildare. That's that's where I started in the golf course. You're mad for golf? No, like I was I was not. I wasn't a golfer at all. Even when you started working, no, with the K -Club, I couldn't play at all. Couldn't play at all. Just I, loved I the shaft and balls. Yeah, I was, I was I was I was I was I played football like in and soccer and like I didn't know anything about golf. But my grandfather was a really good golfer and he knew everybody in golf. And he got me a job interview at the K Club. Uh, with the pro that was there doing, and I doing, and I lived up the road what? just working in the pro shop and doing bits and pieces what's a pro uh, shop? a uh, place where the pro sells stuff it's like a golf shop at the golf club for buying golf clubs golf right. balls and right, right. clothes and then well, when, when I started first I was doing everything I was just you know a run around kind of thing at the K club and it, before it opened that's what I was working for um, and they let me you know pick where I wanted to work then once the whole place opened I was there as a kind of a run around meet this guy meet that guy get that stuff in there put the knife and forks in the restaurant blah 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 before it actually opened so you were kind of uh, like a skivvy yeah a skivvy absolutely <clears throat> but I was only 18 um, and we lived down the road from the K Club at the time in Straffan so it was easy for me to get to work because only two minutes away so that made sense uh, and I started there and then when the whole place opened the guy that ran the place said you should work in the golf shop. There's a guy there called Ernie Jones. He's the pro and he'll teach you a few things and keep you going. So that, that's what I did. It's me and starting it, my career again. <laughs> actually, Leo's pouring red wine here as we're talking. Wine out of pint bottles. But sure. And that's, where, and that's where I started in golf. And then I, I worked there for a while. Is that where you started loving playing golf and stuff? Not really loving playing. I was To be honest with you, Dave, the, the, the big thing for me was learning how to look after people. And I still do that today. And, and there it was a five-star hotel and golf course. And one of the things you had to do was look after people. And at the time, it was all the top people in business in Ireland were members there and they were golfers there. So you learned quickly how to look after people. And then, you know, the whole service side of things. That's where I learned uh, was how to look after people and look after people well. So, you know, what that took, what that looked like. So how did all the rumours start? Have you been a secret agent for all the top stars in Ireland? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Leo only found out about this on the way down but two and a half hours ago yeah well, we kept it under wraps and to be fair like because I, I started working for one of the an Irish family in their secure as, as part of their security team and I went and did all my security training and and then I worked in the O2 when the golf business came down a little things were going quiet with us so I had to get work like you were saying earlier on you was this pre-starting your own business no, it was during my business. During your business? Yeah. So you stayed in the K-Club till what time? Just working? 96. And then? I started my business in 97. All right. So from the K-Club, you started your business? Yeah. So we'll park that there for a minute. Sure. And then we'll go back to big, bad Leo. Oh. So Leo, you left school, you were all buddy buddies. <clears throat> we were buddies in school, weren't we? Yeah. And you um, wanted to Allegedly. 
I probably like Derek didn't know what I wanted to do. I think we had a a day out in in school with I think I don't know Kevinsey College or somewhere, and uh, we had you know so many people presenting what you could do, and I, I hadn't a clue, but I got into my head I was going to do hotel management, and. Uh, I think in, in leaving search year, worked in the Russell Court in Dublin, uh, got a taste for Hall Porter, working the bar, working the nightclub, and just again, loved the hospitality side of it. So started doing catering management, which should be a three-year course, uh, turned it into a four-year course because I spent most of it probably boozing. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that was it. But did, did four years of it, came out of it, did three months of it, and just realized it wasn't for me. Just all of a sudden, or got, did you always know? God, I don't think I like this. I don't think this is for me. I, I don't. I don't know. I think it was just one of the things. It, it's the 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 whole idea of if you go and uh, the perfect life is you study and you go to college and you think life's great, but the best thing is university life. So when you come out and you you you, you know you try the real world, you realize it's not for you, and that's not a bad thing. Mm. So I was I don't know twenty one, twenty two, coming out of out of college, realizing. As good as wasted four years. I went in every day. We'd have various classes, and it wasn't a typical, you know, I shouldn't say UCD fifteen hour a week arts class. We did a thirty forty hour week, so it was fairly fairly intense. But I lived for five o'clock out the door, go and work for my dad part time at six o'clock, work till nine at night, and then start the How whole day. How were you working with your dad? <clears throat> I worked in um, the children's hospital in Harcourt Street, and my first job for most of my college term was burning rubbish. So the days in Dublin <laughs> City when you could have a big incinerator and annoy the shit out of the guys in KPMG next door covering it with smoke, that was it every evening. And uh, I, it's a lovely idea. It was just you were making money, you were self sufficient, um, you had no cares. But the whole idea was I'll do college, and when I get out of college, I'll find, you know, Something. my proper job. Mm. And it definitely wasn't in uh, in catering, but I stayed in the hospital services, um, did some work with like accommodations officer. So if you if you picture a 23, 24 year old, your job is placing nurses in their accommodation. So it's not the worst job in the world. That was what you were doing then. That was it. Yeah. So um, I did that for a couple of years. Um, I finished and ended up working for a contract cleaning company back in sort of 98. Uh Doing cleaning? Not really, more a technical role. So I always say, we, we describe it as the jobs that people didn't want to do. That was your technical role. So it was kind of a, a fault finding. It wasn't a, an operations role. But um, it was a great springboard for me to, I suppose, it, it gave me a, a, a bigger idea of what was out there because you were dealing with different suppliers, different manufacturers, and probably gave me an idea then that at some point I want to do something myself. But I still didn't know what it was. So while you were working there, you found a niche in the market for what you ended up doing pretty much yeah and, and it wasn't by anything else it wasn't by default it was just by chance so you, you know you go to trade shows every year or two you still don't know what you want to do bar if it's a service line if it's supporting people if it's you know customer service it's all related in some way but um i still didn't know what it was but it, probably what got me to where i ultimately you know started selling what we do with selling cleaning equipment and so on was watching our suppliers come in and I always felt they had a great life compared to what we do. We'd go around dressed as turkeys and suits and it was all very formal. They come in looking somewhat casual, sell you equipment and they move on. And I think over time you got to realize that, you know, it's got to be an easier life than um, dealing with what we were dealing with every day. And that's what got me to, to start it. So I stayed where I was till 2005. I probably had it in my head from 2004. I was going to leave 
And yeah, 2005 started doing what I do today. And that would have been a big risk now when you, when you done that, you couldn't, you weren't just buying that stuff out of money in your pocket. You had to take a risk. Yeah, it was a big risk, but it, it was, it was a harder risk because I, I loved the job I was in. I loved the company I worked for. I mean, my, my boss, uh, I won't name him as a Galway man or lives in Galway, but he was a really, really good guy to work for and really good guy to me. So, you know, it was a very, very hard decision to say you were well looked after. We, we, I had nothing to, no nothing negative. to want for really. Yeah. yeah. But you, it was just something inside it said, I want to do something for me. But do you think I could do this better? Do I think that now or do I think of then? Well, back then you probably wouldn't have said. Pro- probably not because I suppose there are two different fields. So one was we, we were in essence a, a, a service company where you were providing services to people. What I do is more supply. Um, so they were definitely two different fields. And I kind of went into it really not knowing what I was doing. So I, I'll always say from, you know, if you sit down for a year before you decide to, to start your business and you put a business plan in place, you probably, I, I would say the, the end of that first year, I probably realized for every one thing I put in, I missed about 10. So you think you know what you're doing. You think you have you a don't. clue. I had no idea. Not a clue. And to this day, I probably don't. I wing it half the time. But definitely back then, I had absolutely no idea what, what I was, was was doing. But part of it is, it's, it's sheer graft and luck. I mean, if you want to make it happen, it will happen. If you believe in yourself, it will happen. But half it is just giving yourself a kick in the arse every day and getting out of bed to go and do it. You know, There's no easy way of doing it. It's just hard, isn't it? There's no formula. I mean, if you win the lotto tomorrow, you know, that's it's still not going to be easy, is it? You'll have... You know, it's probably every, the worst thing that can happen to you is win the lotto. Yeah. It probably, probably is. But I mean, there's, there's always going to be those, those challenges. And I remember... Probably getting raped would be worse. Well, for you, maybe. Again. Or no, or... The first one's the worst. Yeah, first one's the worst. Yeah, but Leo's great. Leo's great. He's got great contacts, and he's and he's great relationships. Like he he, he builds great relationships. So his business builds around those relationships. And I think that's and, and my business is exactly the same. It's all about relationships and being able to look after people. And we're doers. I, I think it's a it's a fascinating thing that two of you, you know each other since you were kids. Yeah, the two of you are successful businessmen, but you're very different as well. You're very analytical. Like you're really you plan everything down to the minutia, well, no, and I'm, you're I, well, a well, that's because I'm, that's kind of kind of guy. Yeah, give it a go. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, but there's, there's an element to me where I'm still not a hundred percent sure. You know, like so people talk about having this vision. I have this plan, this vision, and I drive for the vision. And then, like, I I don't I, I don't know what that vision is. I just keep driving. If that makes sense. What do you mean? So I don't necessarily. I'm not like I'm big into detail. So I love like you 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 lack detail, which mm. is which worries me. Mm. Um, but Leo's great on detail, but I really like detail. Like I like planning. I like organizing. Like exactly when, where, how, when, time, blah blah blah. I like all that, and I, and I'm anal about it. But he's crap at air codes. Crap at air codes. No, I'm not. I'm too. not crap at air codes. I sent you both, so you knew both. We're both crap at air codes. We were gonna meet, and he said, "I sent you. I send you an air code. I probably didn't. Like I lack detail. I didn't read everything, and I went to the wrong house." <laughs> Yeah, so the problem is you. So what I did was I sent you both air codes. Yeah. And the reason for that is because in case something happened to me, you would still know where to get to Leo. Yeah. That's detail. And I just pressed the first one I seen go. when I was gone, ended up in Leo's house when I was supposed to be in your house. Correct. But you've been really helpful to me. The two guys, are they're so sound. I met him at the Cannonball. And when you go to the Cannonball and you're not in that world you think it's a different world you think there's people and they're so different and they're on a different level you know people have loads and loads of money and you think oh maybe they're all dickheads you know but they're not they're the very same as you 
They've just worked hard and it worked out for them. And it could be different in the morning, but everyone's in the same sort of a bow. You just have to say plodding away and plodding away. Yeah. But you've been helpful with telling me, you know, to sort of focus on stuff and help stuff because I'm doing too much all the time and I'm kind well, of no, missing stuff. To, to be fair, like you, you're quite impressive in terms of the fact that you have a full time job. Now. Well, okay. no, no, you have a full time job. You work. Get no, but you work. Now. You work and you work. <laughs> you work and you work. No, but you work and you work. Mm. And you have a family. And I know that the pressures that that brings and their young family and mm. I'm on the other end of it. So my lads are getting older, but like, and I said this to you before and I, I, like, I love lads doing well. And I think that's one of the things that we're both into. We're both into people succeeding. Like we're not into people failing. And it's because we've probably worked so hard for it that we recognize when people are putting effort in that you applaud that. And that's a problem in Ireland. We don't do that enough to our own, to our own. Mm. And I have to go to America for people to tell me that I'm brilliant. And no one, no one recognizes that here in, the, in in Ireland. When when people are at the top of their game, and I'm at the very top of what I do, the very very top, and yet I don't get recognition in Ireland. That all I have to go to the US and they go to the US and people are like, oh my god, this guy, Jesus Christ, got him. This guy's unbelievable. He knows he's all about this golf thing and blah 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 blah. But I never get that at home. And the system is designed, government wise, tax wise, everything against someone that's making money in business. A hundred percent. Like it's just take more, take more, it gets more complicated, more red tape. I wouldn't, I, it's the most stressful, all the stuff that stresses me out the most is the stuff that I didn't think existed before I started my own business. It's all the, all the va and tax and administration and emails and just trying and to order stuff. It's just, it's such people. a minefield. Yeah, and people. Just get a good accountant, give him half, <laughs> let him take all this shit off you. <laughs> Two boys are fist pumping for anyone who's not watching on YouTube. He, he was touching me again. He wanted to touch my hand. No, he's right. Leo, Leo's right. You know, it's, it's it's trying to surround yourself with the people that have similar ideas, similar goals, similar, you know, the way that you're trying to go, they want to go with you. And uh, we recently changed our account because we wanted somebody that was going in the direction we were going in. Um, and I tried to surround myself with people that are doers. Um, and so when I when you reached out, or I was talking to you about some logistic stuff mm. I know a guy who's a doer so I put you in touch with a guy who's a mm. doer and then you were like that guy's brilliant and I said well only because he's a doer like he's, he's into getting shit done yeah and there's an awful lot of chances out there isn't there yeah but you, like you think back to when you start as well <clears throat> you're having a pot to piss in it doesn't matter how much you think you need if you think you need 20 <laughs> grand or 50 grand to start a business double it I've been broke so, more times than I've been well, really yeah 100% and what keeps you going when you get to that point where oh fuck am I after fucking up what keeps you going oh, like I remember going like I remember going uh, going to work in the job we have like in a recession when the recession came it was 07 oh, wait. So yours was 07 the rest of the world was 08 09 yeah why was yours a year because oh, golf is the first thing people give up on when things get tight because they don't need it and you know, so you know what it was they're busy robbing the states and hadn't time to play golf so that kind of <laughs> something the whole like thing that up. maybe 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 but but the point being sense. the point being the point being I, I we got i got we got so broke so quick and i had a load of different things going on money-wise and i had to go i remember going to work in the morning at eight o'clock and then finishing at five and then driving to the o2 in dublin the concert so you, you had your business started yeah, it yeah went yeah, well yeah. for oh it was flying flying and suddenly boom, it was it, just you working and uh, no 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 there was Five families. Just five. give a, a quick rundown of what your actual job was. So, well, my job is, I guess I'm CEO. I run, I run the, the business of Four Golf. So we had my my parents were involved in the business. My sister's involved in the business. And then I've, we had, at the time, we had two more guys. What did you do? Like, what was your job? 
my job. Yeah, what did Ford Golf do? Oh, sorry, built cus- custom golf custom clubs golf for golfers. Yeah. And then when things got quiet. Well, everyone stopped coming. And was everyone counting on you? You're... Yeah, 100%. So we had to, I had to run the business during the day, try and keep things tight, keep things moving, because we had five families were dependent on us, dependent on me to, to you know, bring the money in. So we brought in the money, we cut things back, we kept things moving. But I had a, a, I had a little bit of debt going on in my head, so I had to go to the O2 in Dublin and work there from... Security. Yeah, security and the, at the Audi Club. So I used to look at... I used to... You know, manage the people coming in, going out of the Audi Club, and then we'd do all the backstage stuff with the with the artists, and then I'd run the after after parties in the in the O2 that the, that the bands would usually have, and then we would do that till two three o'clock in the morning. And then so I'd basically, I want you to envision this, right? Envision this. He had a little picture. thing in his ear, the suit, did, yeah. he had yeah. the gun. And no, I didn't, have a, no, I didn't have a gun. You didn't have a gun? Well, no, we did a gun in the O2. No. Well, uh, if, if I had been you, I'd have a fake gun. So I, I can envision the little microphone, the little earpiece, <coughs> and never one fucking invite to anything. <laughs> yeah, that's did a fact. Did you not invite him to anything? Not no, one thing. you can't. You can't bring anyone into the place. Like, it's locked down, and like, it's so hard to bring people in and out without without a ticket ticket. Except there were bankers who were about to yeah. kind of sign us up to our yeah. starting rotation. Yeah, so I used to do the, you're not, your name's not down, you're not coming in. And then I'd do up in the up in the the gods where the, the, watching people and then i go backstage and look after the guests we had a we had a, we had a, we had a situation we were looking after britney spears and she had a, a meet and greet and uh we had a guy go rogue during the meet and greet in other words a fella came in and he hadn't paid explain his, a guy go rogue so he would with a lad who, who had a meet and greet with britney spears with seven of them she came down they did all the meet and greets and one of the guys had this backstage AAA pass that he got as part of this competition or shit that he bought or whatever and he hadn't paid his bill, but they didn't know that until he, you know, had the, meet, had the meet and greet and then he went down into the concert. Anyway, there, this big, huge black fella came in. I never forget, he came into the, into the audience and he said, we need to find this. Colored. Okay. That was racist. Sorry, I wasn't going to be racist. He was just to a, say really, really dark grey. Or you say. Well tanned. No, you do say black now. You don't say Is colored. it black? Yeah. yeah, it's black. It is. Yeah. So anyway, he this guy came in, huge guy. He said, uh, "We need to find this guy. He's got tickets. He can get backstage. He, there's a problem with his payment or something. There was some issue with him. I don't know exactly what it was, but anyway, they sent us out to try and find him in the middle of the O2. Shoot him during the concert. Yeah, <laughs> sniper him out of the hills. <laughs> so myself and this other fellow called Darren, he's a good friend of mine, and he was working there as well. So anyway, I said to him, "This is what he looks like." Blah blah blah. Because Darren hadn't even seen him. Had you a picture of him? No. Just gave him a description. Just gave him a description. Yeah. And what he was wearing and the colour of his shirts and blah, blah, blah. But anyway, he changed his shirt at the Sneaky concert. Sneaky bastard. Yeah. Anyway, we found him. In the middle of the concert, we found him. And anyway, we this found him. big orange shirt. We found, well, no, we found <laughs> him. We, we found him and we lifted him. And we were doing this sweeping across the crowd, in and out of the crowd, the two of us, in and out, in and out, in and out. Well, next thing is I spotted him, boom, there he is. And we lifted him and brought him around and he hadn't got the pass on him. Where's the pass? Where's the pass? Oh, my friend has it. Who's your friend? This girl. Where is she? She's in the toilets. Right, let's go. Had him in a headlock. In through the ladies' toilets. Boom. Kicked the door in. All the women. What are you doing in here? Says I'm. Get out of my way. And I go. Just call her name out. I forget her whatever her name is. Kira, whatever. I'm in here. Boom. That door went in as well. <laughs> She's sitting on the toilet. Apologies to all Kira's. Give me the pass. <laughs> give me the pass. So I took the pass off her. And then brought your man back backstage to meet your man. And your man brought him up. And put him out through the back door. Was that every, like, two or three nights a week? 
uh yeah we did that i did that and i did the the cinema um launches or whatever the, we used to have to take the phones off people when they were going into the cinema or the red carpet stuff yeah premieres. Yeah, yeah for the premieres stop them from videoing the the launch of the films like and we'd look after the guys that were coming in whoever artists or producers or guests or whatever we'd look after who's big dickhead famous person that you met vince vaughn really yeah why he's just tough work I just thought he was bigger than he was, I guess. I don't know. What was he saying? I was just very dismissive. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. And Typ like typical celeb. <laughs> Are they all like that? Uh yeah, uh kinda. When, when, this is what, ninety seven? No. This would have been No, this was this was much later, two thousand eight, nine. Even then I was gonna eight, say the eight, eight, phones were that size weren't kinda of taking them off either. Yeah, they were <laughs> yeah, big phones. <laughs> Have you, did you have to say, could you say to those famous people look I'm the big daddy around here if you do I say uh, well <laughs> kinda I know you'd, you'd have to step in like we did a big backstage party for Beyonce and she was all a bit and her dancers actually the people who were, were all a bit mardy we were like listen this is gonna have to let's calm this down And she's in the Illuminati I heard allegedly I have to say allegedly she's in the Illuminati I don't know maybe was Jay-Z there no uh. no he wasn't. And was she yeah. like, uh, are they like all dickheads? Is Randy, one, was Randy even really nice? Met this guy called Chris Johnson. He was the drummer for Rihanna. Chris Johnson? No, you don't know. Never heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> Met this guy called Chris Johnson. He's, a go- he, he was, he's the drummer for Rihanna. Met him. He was a golfer, big golfer. And he, I met him and he says, oh, I'd love to play golf. I said, oh, I can fix that up. No problem. Let's come to my place. And we brought him out to play golf. And, uh, we stayed good friends actually He's really good He invited me to concerts And when I wasn't working We went to the concert And brought my wife And we had a great time uh, But he's he's really Yeah down there cool He's played golf with him A good few times And So how many years did you do that And I, work during the day Two years Two and a half years And then I started fighting With my wife The missus Because I was so tired And when I started fighting with her I said right that's it I'm giving her up And I gave it up And then just concentrated on And get then concentrated I, I cleared the, most of the debt out and it was actually kind of headspace for me as well that I could do something that didn't involve what I was actually doing it's kind of weird it was kind of therapy because I could go there and be somebody that I wasn't you to take be. your anger out Eva. yeah how, how bad was it for you in recession I mean I know everyone got hit pretty bad but horrific for how many years uh, probably two three the, the honest truth and yeah, I don't know whether other people feel this but like it never really leaves you really yeah, because you're always aware of what can happen. The fear, the fear is there. The fear is there, and you're always very aware of. So you be afraid of taking big risks now. No, I've had to. You see, so and the business forces you to do that. So you you have to step out of that comfort zone, but you do still feel a little bit sort of wary of making sure that you're you've covered that, you've covered that, you've covered this, you've covered that. And I guess it's learning curves, and it's no different than if we, if you and I, Leo, were making decisions in relation to stock or buying stuff or selling stuff or whatever it might be you're still all the time programmed to double check double check double check double check is that gonna is that will it will it will it affect this will it affect that so i always feel covered my grandfather used to say to me you know don't he used to say to me don't spend a lot of money or buy another house until you own your own house because then you don't have anything at risk so don't put the family at risk always make sure the family is safe it's easier and said than done now it is, but if it's a mantra that's in your brain, the back of your brain, Dave, you you can still make the decent. Like I've had to make serious financial decisions in the last kind of five to six years, but if it's still in the back of your head, you don't make silly, you know, off the cuff, 
let's just do this and let's go you know let's it's a safe bet isn't it it kind of is yeah you're yeah, all you're, the time you're, you're all the time covering the bet aren't you all the time I think you have to I think if, if you've never took stupid risks um, I know that the, the last we, we'd say the start of the recession in 2008 uh, probably competitors of ours at the time were did some, some the of them were recession gone. affect you? it didn't really we, we, I would have always said if I, if I was to guess and I, I'm only saying winging a pair guess a figure we might have dropped 5% but the only reason we only dropped 5% was we weren't that long trading so we started in 05 and we never got too big for our boots where guys who were you know trading 20 years were building massive you know buildings with big windows in the front and there's nothing. I mean, the, what's going to happen? The first thing that's going to go is your building. The building's gone. You know, the banks are after you. Your business is gone. That's it. But we, we were never there. We were, we were very much the, the small micro company. So it didn't, I'm not saying it didn't affect us. It, it did to a point. But you always in the middle of your company. You always there every day. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Um, I wouldn't even say I'd love not to be. I mean, I, I think if, if you've, it becomes your baby. If, if it's what you do every day, you don't know anything else. But, that's a good and a bad thing. I mean, you'd love to say if I step away, you know, there's people there who can kind of, you know, take the mantle every day. And I'm very, very lucky the people who are there. But that that's, you know, learning curve over the years as well. We've had people who have been good for the business, people who've been bad for the business. Is finding the right people the hardest thing? Impossible. 100%. Impossible. Borderline impossible. If you have good people, do everything you can to keep them. Our, our longest serving guy is with me since a year after I started. Likewise. But, just a good, honest, decent guy. Uh, but but finding people out there um, is, is tough. People's expectations are very different, which is understandable. But it is hard getting getting people involved. The problem is if you drive the bus hard, though, it's hard to get people to stay on the bus. See, you have to be fair as well. Because no one cares about your business as much as you. you well, it's no just, one will treat it like you. you no, know, but it's also the, like, you know, like we were talking about you having trouble getting people to do things. Mm. And you're like... All I wanted to do was work. I yeah. just wanted to work. It's not like I'm asking for a whole lot of things mm. here. But your version of working and other people's version of working it's, are it's different. way different. Yeah, and, you, and you're there all the time. Just just do it. Stop thinking about yeah, it. Just, just take just, the name. Take the take the large thing off the t- thing. <laughs> put it in a bag and send it out. But people are like, ah, oh, that tomorrow. I'll do that after lunch. I'll do that maybe in an hour. I've got, oh, fucking, I've got to watch that thing on TV. I've got to, you know, blah, 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 whatever. And like I get annoyed about details. I'm anal about exactness and stuff like that and and when people don't see it like you see it it can be a bit that's the hardest part and I know Leo struggles with that I struggle with many things <laughs> what's my OCD is it yeah I'd be OCD only the letters in the wrong order what's the most important thing in your lives family yeah family 100% family family then friends without that you have nothing like the, the the rest doesn't matter. If you think you work work your life, make all the money you want, you know, build the best business you want. What good is it if you're six foot under? No good. Their family, you've nothing. I used to be focused on the business and focused on success and focused on, you know, me being at the top of Everest. That that was the, and I would drive through walls to get to it. How and does it, when you get to it? Well, it's only then that you realise that what you were chasing was probably not the most important thing. What the most important thing was the family, like so, like Leo says. And when you were building your company, and you were you you told me before that you had to work really far away, and mm. like you would have gave up a lot of stuff for the company, like time, 
yeah. family and stuff. Yeah, yeah. If you could go back again, I know we all can't. Hindsight's great foresight. Would you do it again? The same way? Mm. No. No. Even if it meant sacrificing where your business is now, been at the top. No, I, 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 I'd do it differently. You would? Yeah, I would, yeah. Would you? <clears throat> yeah, I wouldn't have been so focused on being driving it, I think. I'd like to have seen the kids more, like to have been at home more. Like I was on the road, like I'd be traveling <clears throat> two times a month. For long periods. Yeah, it'd be five, six, seven days, whatever. <clears throat> it was, and, and it was tough going. What drives you? You don't have any kids. I have a car. Does a car <laughs> drive you? Yeah, so, I know, I'm sorry. That's why I drive. Um, yeah, we, we've no kids. Um, what drives you my, a chauffeur? My, yeah, a chauffeur. Myself, <laughs> myself and Ash are only together, what have we now, three, coming up on three years. Um, shout out to Ash. Made me shout out to sandwich Ash. Today. Lovely, thank uh, you very much. It was good, wasn't it? Yeah. With that pint of beer. Yeah. Um, Shh, don't have Vicky. That's so, that now. <laughs> no, I was driving Vicky. It's okay. There was no one drinking and driving. But we, we're lucky. We, we've no kids. Um yeah, just ourselves, two big kids. That's kind of it. Would you like to have kids? Never been on my agenda, really. Uh, I don't know if that's the selfish side of me, but I've just never, I suppose for many things, like you, it, the, whoever you're with over the years, it, timing wasn't, you know, what it was meant to be or your choices, you don't want to. But do I regret not having any? No, not at all. Not at all. I'm, I'm quite content. When you started your business, did you plan on getting to where you are? Did you think it would be as successful? I don't think so. I, I think it's when you start it off, it's a means to an end. I mean, it's it's the whole idea of working for yourself. That's your first achievement, you know. And it doesn't matter what you do. If you sell golf clubs today, or if you sell social media, it doesn't matter what you do as long as you're doing it for yourself. That's what it's all about. And that's really probably to this day what it, it's remained. Um, but you can you can guess over the years you'll have years of success. You'll have other years where you know it's it's misery. I, w- I would have said three years into it, you know, sitting in a, a, a warehouse at two in the morning with your head under a rack going, what in the name of Jesus am I doing in tears? Mm. You know, in my mid-30s going, this is just absolute horseshit. And we've had, the, we, you know, you, you'll have the good and the bad days. Um, would you change it? Probably not. But I, I think you can certainly change what you do, what you sell. If, you're, if you enjoy working for yourself, it doesn't matter what you do. Whether you sweep the roads or sell cleaning machines it, it doesn't matter as long as you're content and happy doing what you're doing what do you hate most about work your job your day to day week to week what do you hate most about it don't get me started <laughs> I'll have to get a fucking list <laughs> hold on can you um, can you put this on pause for a bit <laughs> <laughs> we, we might need a list what do I hate um, you don't really hate though do you I don't really I, I think it, there's days don't get me wrong there's days I hate it like anyone hates what they do I think part of it is you're, you you get somewhat complacent in doing the same thing for whatever 17 years it becomes sort of challenging uh, but I don't tend to hate it I, th- I think there's a challenge every day um, most of them if, if they're your own kind of you know fuck ups you can deal with it you can manage it if they're out of your hands they're they're definitely frustrating uh, I suppose the hardest thing is managing people's expectation. Um, you know, silk purse, sales ear and all that. You, people want to buy something that's small money and expected to do the work of a big piece of kit. Um, but generally, I, I don't overly hate anything every day. Not yet. Give me time. I think you'd give it up, though, if you started hating it. 
but I've always said from day one, the day you hate going to work every day, give it up, do something different. Yeah. You know, I, I think, like anything, if, if we don't like what we do tomorrow or we don't sell what we do tomorrow, so go back to recessionary times, which we'll probably hit sooner than we think. Um, if we don't sell cleaning machines tomorrow and we have to sell wheelbarrows, that's what we're saying, come up the car today. Yeah. You know, you have to just move and change. It, it's a survival thing. Is that a thing with, with sales, you can change what you're going to sell if you're good at selling? Like, you were saying people buy off people. So 100%. people like you. But there's an awful lot of people, say like me, say I'm in sales now kind of, but I have a skill, a job. And a lot of people just have a job, they're skilled at one thing. And even if you hate it in the morning, you can't change that to something else that is simple. You can't sell anything. You can only sell that hour's labor that you're trained to do to someone else. You're kind of caught in a little loop of working. And there's so many people like that. You can only do one thing and you have to do it. And then you have to kind of learn to realize that, you know, life isn't this work. You know, my life happens when I get home. Yeah. Life is how I'm greeted in the evening when I get home. It's how I spend time with my family or my friends. You know, sometimes you can be in a loop where you can't do anything else than that. And that's okay. You can maybe try and find somewhere else that you can work or take your time and train to do something else bit by bit. But it's... um. Do you enjoy what you do? I love... I love driving the machines. I didn't realize how much... I knew I loved it. I learned to love it again. And... I love driving them now. That's when I'm at my most happy. I, I'm, I'm really relaxed. I'm listening to podcasts. I'm listening to the radio. I'm really relaxed. And I love doing the podcast. And I used to enjoy doing the social media. But I really didn't realize that social media was so crooked. And it was so fake. And it's demoralizing. And when I have young kids and I see them growing up in a country where everything you hear is fake. Everything you hear is not real and when you're dealing with marketing people because i'm at a size now where i deal with a lot of marketing people you're a big lad and everyone yeah look at these tits sure (laughs) but like everyone's so fake and even when you're talking to people on a on a one-to-one basis people are thinking what can i say that makes me more acceptable to the masses rather than how i actually feel and what i'm actually thinking right now and who i am it's probably why you know i was I was kind of taken by you a little because it, it, social media isn't what you do. What you do is forestry. Mm. And then the social thing was just something that happened. If you if that makes sense. Just gonna and I was scooch over here for the wine. Going for the wine. <laughs> uh, and that's what impressed me more, I think, was that you weren't you weren't a social guy trying to be a forester, if that makes sense. No, I, I fell into it. Right. But by, by accident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I didn't think that we lived in a country that didn't have free speech. I really would have never taught that. I know. And people get, they're just getting offended to That's get attention. That's some pint of wine. Yeah, no. Holy yeah. Jesus. I am anyone's name. Are you? My, anyone. You're not mine, that's yeah. for sure. Well, I, 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 he has a car that I'd like. So if he said, go on the entry. <laughs> you, you, you ain't touching. You, just put the tip in. That's great. <laughs> yeah, just, <laughs> just put in the tip. Just, just a nudge. Just, just, just a bit. A just a bit. It, it's Gasmer saying about... Uh, you know, how you start your business and if you can sell. And the, the joke we had coming up the road is if you sell cleaning machines today and they don't sell, you sell wheelbarrows. If you don't mm. sell wheelbarrows, you clean the roads. But if you go back to when I started in 05, when you started years previous, Derek started back when dinosaurs were still roaming the land. We did. 
you're very good at selling what you do because you're big into social media. So if you think about it, you're selling at the moment. Yeah. But I couldn't do what you do. It's not a chance. Couldn't do it. Because I'm, I'm technically disadvantaged. I'm probably technically retarded. Uh, and it's not my scene. So I'm not into social media, YouTube, Instagram, whatever it would be. I, I barely log onto Facebook and I'm shit at it. So if you think about it, for the next generation, what you're doing is going to be 10 times harder than what we do. We, we buy a product. You buy a bottle of wine for a five or you sell it for a tenner. That's how it works. But I couldn't do the crap you do. It's it. Sorry, it's funny you should say that. So, you know, I'd be kind of in Leo's kind of, well, we're the same age, but in Leo's mind. And you're, you're older. Yeah. And But we started doing YouTube. You did? Yeah. And my sister's like, we got to do YouTube because it's like the thing to do. And I'm like, I'm not doing YouTube. I've, it's it's kids game, blah, 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 blah. And uh, we started doing it. And uh, it's like the new website. So if you don't have a YouTube channel, then you might as well not have a website. Your Instagram's you know? really good. When, when I yeah, left, but I don't do after it. After I went home from the podcast and I had met these, or went home from the cannonball and I got to know these but guys. We so, we, we, such, we, we, we didn't even know who you we, were. We, I was like, who the crack. fuck is this And next guy? thing I looked at his Instagram page. He's so... Perfect. You it's said so that though. You nice. sent me a message and you said you're like so a different person. You're so and mine was a different person, yeah. Mine was updated about four years ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. But yeah. we, we met you because we didn't know who you were. Mm. Right. And we met you and took your face value and it wasn't all about, you know, Dave Cuddy and Instagram or whatever or the first or we just met you because you walked in and you were like, Hey lads. And we we, I guess that's one of the things. That's how you know, because I'm not a forester. You keep calling me for that's how you know they didn't know me. I'm a Timory location operative engineer. Are you? Do you not remember you said to me when he, he he walked in? <laughs> if you were a Kit Kat, to be a fucking to be a finger you missing. You said to me, yourself. He was wearing pants that were one size too tight for him. Oh, he did. He had a really yeah, nice yeah, suit on. Had I? You I did. loved yourself. You Bet fucking, indeed. you walked the in. Suit at, in. You in came Belfast. in with the door. You came in the doors and you opened both doors. That's how you know. That was in Belfast. Yeah, I was looking really well that night. You were looking no, you yourself. Suit on. Like, I was looking you going? really well, and you were trying to say you weren't my friend. I knew you loved me. No, but I wasn't your friend then. No, you did. You loved me. He I was did. foaming at the mouth. Did he did drool again. Did he? Oh, he's there. That's a lovely fella. It didn't. You were fucking. And all you had to do his phone on. You were fucking. Do you not see him walking in behind you? Drooling. Mm. Oh, yeah. I was, yeah. I knew it. I was, yeah. Licking your it. ear and everything when you want to watch yeah. it. He said, You're a bad boy for me, but daddy <laughs> wants you. <laughs> <laughs> but it was funny when. No, but, but the point is, we didn't know you. So yeah. it, the, the, we, we got to know you because we didn't know you, if that makes sense. Mm. And we, we allowed you into our group. I allowed you to become part of it. Willingly. In your, your three-piece suit, yeah, you, like went, you, were you, only one you entered it first. One day I was wearing a three-piece suit. The I was never there before. Stadium. I was told that you had to dress up. You on came the in ball. and the, you had to open the two doors. That's when and you know, know I bought that suit especially for that. We actually Did said you? when yeah. you walked in, here's Snuggles' accountant coming in the fucking room. Yeah, I had, I had lost weight and my other suits didn't fit me. And then I went, oh, I may buy a suit because I was told you have to wear a suit. It's a ball in Belfast, all fancy. That's what I was told. I, so I went I, I, did like a, I didn't get that memo I, I did like a pikey After being raped yes. I rocked in I rocked into the fucking The only one Nearly wearing a suit You were Nearly one wearing a suit We took We kind of took pity on you Yeah you did In fairness But I didn't care Because I I love myself <laughs> You do Kick cat <laughs> <laughs> That was cool When did When did you start Doing the cannonball Oh Jesus! I think it was was around fourteen. Today was fourteen. Um, I got into it through uh, you know Dermot Dermot Martin. Um, they did Dermot it Martin. Pay, who you know Dermot? 
Duck seed Dermot no, Truck driver No that's here does Yeah but we'd have to I was like talking to Dermot yesterday He can had we, the What are we talking it? to Dermot about? He had the Subaru up at something in Portlaoise last night Did e- Evo's versus Subaru or something? Yeah Evo versus Subaru in the plaza in Did you go up? No I couldn't the Kids were tired and I can't actually say to Vicky whenever I want Hey you mind the kids there I ain't going over talking with my friends You Why put them on to bed and What's wrong with that? No, oh, no, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Jesus Ask him. Christ. He knows these kids. Absolutely. You can't just walk outside the door. You can do whatever the fuck you want. I'm not saying a word. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't really. I can't. I had to book this in weeks ago, though. Yeah, you did, actually. Yeah. Yeah. But Vicky, really? think, Vicky, I told Vicky, look, this is this is work. <laughs> <laughs> As I drink my pint of wine. I've never seen a pint of wine like it. Oh, <laughs> Jesus my Christ. God. We had, uh, a, we had a drink in the hotel before we came out. And I'm not the best drinker, you know. It tells. Yeah, I know. I know. Anyway, it's, 40, it's, going, it's going to be a good night. Yeah, tell him Der- about Derek got you in. Or no, Dermot no. got you Dermot, in. Yeah, Dermot did it with uh, Marty O'Malloy before that in their Mustang. Mm. And yeah, just came back buzzing, telling us what a wonderful event it was. And it was kind of crazy. And you were probably thinking, ah, fun knobs. Yeah. You know well, what you it need, was? You probably, probably need to put, does everyone know what Cannonball is? No, I I wouldn't think they do. You should probably tell them what it is, Leo. Go, you. you you're, 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 Leo is actually a registered legend of the cannonball. Got a prize and everything. Correct. Legend. Yeah, legend. Perfect. And I was legend. there. Yeah. We were there. Then. We were there. We got, were there. When he got the trophy, where? Remember he cried. This is he did. It's it emotional. <laughs> yeah. I stood on the stage, myself and Sandra Bullock, and crying, we cried, crying. crying. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Me and Dave were holding hands. I was. Yeah. Tickling, really. whimpering like a bitch. Anyway, it was a big deal. It was a big deal because you, you, I think probably you need to tell people what it is first. Down to me? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, biggest organized supercar event in Europe. Uh, definitely the, the first, the original one, um, run by a guy called Alan Bannon uh, since I think 2009. I may have that wrong, but we'll go to 2009. So, um, yeah, just a, a, a wonderful event full of. Uh, Crazy supercars, safe driving, and raising money for various charities every year. So well, has it, it was the Hope Foundation when I don't know, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think it was. I was sober. So the fact I was sober, I wouldn't remember which one it was. But we'd, we'd go for Hope. It was Hope. Mm. Um, but they raised a lot of money for it, in fairness. They did. But they, I think at this stage, it's, it's definitely over a million euro over definitely 10 years plus. Um, and just a, a good kind of you know good event, good to get out. Uh, fortunate to have a car that goes in it, which is the biggest thing. Um, but uh, yeah, I started in fourteen with uh, with Dermot got me into it, and yeah, I've kind of done it every year since. Um, done most of the the annual events they have as well. They have a lot of kind of uh, trips to Scotland, um, the Grand Highlands event, the Lions Tour, or European trip. And um, again, same bunch of people, same friends. You you've kind of, you know, grown to love over the years. Um, same same mindset with people. Just a, a love of cars, love of fun, and um, yeah, haven't stopped doing it ever since. Were you always into cars? Always into cars. I think like anything. Um, you know, I suppose even like Derek, as kids, you have your your small car. You put all your money into. Uh, if you look back now, it was probably like a horror show. But at the time, you thought it was fantastic. And then as the years go on, if you're fortunate or lucky enough to, to have something that you can you can do it in, um, I'm not saying all the better, but it's, it's definitely a bit of, it's that bit of luck that gets you to that point where, where you can do it. 
Um, but yeah, certainly cars as a kid. I would say if you if you take me as a kid, I was the guy with the rotavator with my hand spark plug pulling the cord, and then realizing that it shocks the shite out of you. Um, that you know we all did the the stupid things as kids. Um, but if it had an engine, and my my folks would say that if it had an engine, I was interested. That's what was your first car? Oh, oh Christ! Here we go. Come on, Leo. It's bad. The first one I bought myself. Yeah. No, no. What was the first one you were driving? First one I drove was uh, I, I drove my dad's ninety ninety one K one five two Mitsubishi Lancer. <laughs> the Lancer um, baby. Yeah, lo- I remember loved well. it. Uh, was very lucky to get on his insurance. And uh, was father a car guy. He was, yeah, definitely. Um, when we were younger, he was. So I suppose back then, like mon- money wasn't what it is now. It was very very different. Um, it, like you know, back in ninety one, buying his first brand new car and let you drive it and you thought you were great and over the years and afterwards he had the MX-5s came home with an MR2 Turbo and I'd your dad had an MX-5 or you uh, and my dad did yeah he bought an MX-5 he had an MR2 Turbo one time when Boy. I there's not a chance I get insured on it and you're kind of looking going it's not fair you, you're too old for it but I should have that but I can't afford to insure it so yeah the, the, the whole balance is wrong that was a cool car back then it was oh, a was. cool car really cool what was your first car you bought First car I bought was uh, a BMW 318i. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What year? It was an 89. E30. Uh, yeah. I, now, I bought it in, I think I bought it around 95, 96. So even then, like 96, you thought. That was your first car. It's my first car. That's a cool first car. Oh, you had this aerial on the back. It was a like a, a globe. Oh, yeah. I remember that, actually. What was that about? It just been the pawns. It just been the dickhead. Did you uh, get that at a car it shop? Was, it was actually a phone. No, it was a just, phone aerial. Just, just to be clear, it was, it was cool. a phone aerial. Yeah, it was, it was a phone aerial and it was a like, globe. Well, if you think fast. about it, what an idiot asked, you know, what what was I in 96, 23? You know, stick a car phone in the car. It was probably costing more we for had the them. phone every month. I had them as well, yeah. yeah was you had a car phone? Oh, yeah. Stupid. The big one that used to go in with yeah, the, yeah, I the remember. handle. And the, yeah, we had that. 088. Yeah, six ten six yeah, twelve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was us. The, the only reason it was in the car was the only battery that would power it was a car battery. Was that <laughs> yeah, that's a fact. Yeah, you lift it out, it was like fucking yeah. four pounds away. Remember the big brick? Yeah, yeah, we had those. big like motor thing. We had those. Yeah, we used to have this phone thing, didn't we? We used to be like, get a phone. Oh yeah, get this new phone. Flip phone. You think back then, like you paid hundreds for a phone. Hundreds. It cost you a fortune to use it. sat digi digi phone. Remember? Yeah. Do you, I remember the first time we figured out you could do text messages? SMS. I, I remember sitting in the machine one day and I had a phone and next thing this message came in and I pressed it. One message received. You're a I cop. I pressed it and it said, <laughs> gay. <laughs> <laughs> and it was from my friend Mick or someone. I was there, what is this sorcery? <laughs> Sorry, which Mick? Can you name him? Just my name, sorcery. my friend. Just my Mick. friend. And uh, we, we just, everything was just firing abuse at each other all the time. At 30p a minute or mm. 30p a text. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was mental money. Did you ever have one of the, do you remember the daft air, was it Aircell, Airpage, Pager things? No. You'd, you'd see some. No, that, no, 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 we didn't have those. You don't tell me you had No, I didn't. But I'm just you saying, did, back, back, did, did, back yeah. in the mid 90s, you and you'll have, no, you'll have some bell end walking down Grafton Street with a pager. Why do you have a pager? No one's going to fucking page you. No one's going to text you. Didn't have a pager. We didn't have a pager. I'd say you did. I was very rare. No, I didn't. I did. You know what? I didn't. I did tell the truth. about it. I'd say he couldn't have a pager for when he was uh, in the O2, fingering uh, people. No, I didn't. Then it might I be didn't. knocked off. Didn't have a pager. Didn't have a pager. Didn't have a pager. I had a microphone in my ear. Sorry, excuse me. One second. Security. Did you do that deliberately? Yeah. 
Did you say things like two 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 two? No, I used to say I used to say under over over under. Had you uh, a call sign? No. Cock. <laughs> I often tell people that if I had a call sign, what it would it be? be? Tripod Cuddy. Why? What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> Security, security. You had a 318 for your first car. That's a fairly good good first car now. Yeah. Do you know what it was? I bought it in the north and it didn't cost me a fortune. But if you remember, it was in the time, um, who were they? Those Robin Bastards, uh, Quinn Insurance. Quinn Insurance had just set up and they quoted me for insurance. But they obviously got it wrong. They shouldn't have insured me in the car. So the only reason I actually went and bought it was... Because you get insured. I'll get insured. And when I went to pay the insurance, they told me they wouldn't cover it, but ultimately they did. But uh, yeah, that's the only reason I probably bought it in the end. Oh. Army green in colour. Army green? Army green, yeah. Yeah, I had green as well. Yours is a different green. Though. Yours yeah. a 318 as well? 325. That was your first car? No, my first car was... Uh, Starlet, wasn't really? it? No, I had the Starlet second. Oh, I yeah, had the, the, the Ford. The Escort, yeah. Yeah, you... Wrapped it on the wrapped it around of. the ramp post and the dual carriageway. Yeah, because you were lucky not to be killed. I was, yeah, 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 yeah. aim at a handbrake. Jeez. In the wet. Were you trying to show off to some young one? No, I wasn't actually. I was on. I you was going. I was going to an. I think I was going to a dentist. Yeah. I might have been an age something, and I hit. No, it's out of the then. Hit the <laughs> hit the skids. Hit the water. <laughs> hit echo plane across the middle of the thing and hit the land. Yeah, anyway. oh, pull the two. Wrote, How that, big was it? But so that big handbrake wrote, wrote that, big that handbrake off. arc on the the yeah, joke wrote, that off, wrote that off. That was that was dead in the water. And then I got to start it. And then I crashed to start it racing one night. Remember that? Well, you were in racing, was weren't you? With Mo- with Molly with um, Malloy. You yeah. uh, you crashed it and you got it back and then crashed it again within about two weeks. Was it? That's right. Yeah, I did it. Jukes a hazard out into the hedge. You were a race car driver, were you? My dad was a race car driver. And you used to race cars then? A little bit, yeah. On the back roads traveling. Allegedly. Allegedly. Sorry. Close roads only. Rumor has it. Yeah. Close roads only. Race tracks only. And you drifted apart then when you got older, didn't you? Yeah, we kind of did. Well, I was really busy with work and I was I had a mission and I was, I was trying to be fair, I was driving it hard and I, I traveled a lot and worked a lot. So and you were doing the same. He ignored me. Sorry. You were so No, cunt. I didn't ignore you. No, you yeah. got no, your wife and you got your kids and you were like, fuck Leo. No, I didn't. Leo be all right. He's true. No, do you know what? He was there with his green car sitting crying into his car Yeah, I was. Were you living at home? Yeah, I was at home, yeah. How long did you live at home? Oh, I was at home. To, yeah. No, I, I, I moved out. <laughs> it was about two years ago. What? <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> 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 I was going to say you can't go into the cannonball yeah. in 100k living plus cars living with his mother exactly no, Man, I'll be home to yeah. no, no, I'll actually tell a funny story we were on the cannonball and we're like you know driving normal ish mm. and we uh, we're driving around next thing is Leo says we need to make a pit stop and I'm going what? you need to make a pit stop and I'm in the car going Jesus okay like and I you know I love detail and I'm watching the roads and I'm watching the plan and where we're going and what we're doing and all that and he goes we need to make a detour what do you mean you need to make a detour? What do you mean you need to make a detour? Just, t- just trust me. And like he literally takes a left in the, and there's loads, you know, you know what it's like, mm. all the people lying in the streets. He suddenly takes this left in the middle of a street, in the middle of the town and it's like getting people out of the way. I'm going, get out of the way, get out of the way, get out of the way. And we turn left and, and we're in the R8, up the road. And I'm going, where, the, where are we going? What are we doing? To go meet me, ma'am. <laughs> really? Yeah. I swear to God. 100%. And like I know his mother forever. And so I was like, class. We're down these roads. He's on the phone. Mom, where are you? I'm coming in there. Such and such That's road. Cool. 
And the next week we, we but, passed her. We passed her on the road. We passed her. And he's like, in the middle of this road, pulled up, get out. But the crowd are laughing, thinking we've gone the wrong way. Yeah, you've gone and the wrong way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've you, gone the wrong oh. Because like, he breaks in the middle of this crowd. Like, there's like, like 100 people. He's like, get out of the way. We're going that road. Name your favorite carrot that oh, you've owned. Jesus. That I've owned. Mm. Oh, C63. Top of the list. Definitely top of the list. Uh, we'll try and kill you every day. Uh, probably M5. Probably M5, definitely. Rather that than the R- R8. Yeah. And the N3. Uh, and the Porsche. Uh, Porsche won't do for you. Did your mum and your mum and dad obviously got to see you been successful? Yes. Were they proud? Were they proud? Still are. Yeah, mum would be like. If you get my mum to look at the car, she go, "That's that's pretty cool. That's a that's a car. It's red." Um, she she doesn't care, but she she does get the fun that goes with it. So every I think every cannonball uh, I've been on, she'll come out to see us, and we'll always stop and say, "I want to get a picture," and she loves that kind of the the fun side of it. What age is your mum? She will be what will she be this year? She'll be seventy. She's seventy eight. And your dad has passed. Dad passed in fifteen. He got to see. You had fun with him and stuff, didn't you? Yeah. The um, we did the first kind of about fourteen. He passed away in fifteen, so he he had just come out of the hospital the day we met him. Um, myself and Dermot and Martin pulled up to to see him, and uh, he was at the side of the road. Uh, I was dressed as Mrs. Brown. So to to see your son when you've come out of hospital after being in there for weeks to see your son dressed as Mister Brown, it's going to be a bit of a culture shock. And um, but all, all he could do was laugh. Must have been cool when he when you know he was into cars when he was younger and then. Yeah, because we were sitting around like he, he when we were growing up he he loved his cars and kind of bought funny things like his Emerald Turbo, and uh, when I bought the C sixty three in fourteen, uh, he came out with me in Christmas time. And I'd say I hadn't got to 20 miles an hour and he was just fearful of it. Uh, and it was, that, that was kind of tough because it was a, the big change from where he was years ago. Oh. If, if it was 20 years previous, uh, he'd be gone down the road like a, you know, a stab badger. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's great. and it's, it's great. He got to see it. It's great. Mum gets to see it. Uh, I think that's the fun part of it. it. It just gives them a bit of a, a giggle as well that, you know, life is tough enough you need some outlet you need somebody a bit of fun by the way he's the, he is the first guy to answer when the call goes out that there's a a young guy that's you know not very well and loves cars or there's somebody that's you know not doing well that needs a bit of a lift yeah. i've noticed that about you he acts like you're a real no. you know prick which you're not he's first he's first on the list it's funny it's how would you mean it's how i met ash um i did a a thing I, I can't remember back in 19 but it, it was a young guy who has since passed and um just someone asked you know is there a, a car or two that could pop down they, i think these they, they wanted a particular brand uh, and we didn't have it but we we knew someone who did and, and fair play to him he he turned up they came down they really looked after the guy but it was actually a comment in facebook in the same thread um that someone we both knew uh ash was ash did some voluntary work and still does for make a wish and uh, this comment was in the same thread and it just happened to say to me oh you do know that's such and such and uh, that's actually how we started talking there you go that's there great you go. You. so yeah. it brought you together it brought us together so being a good guy is the way to go well she may want to kill me in a good day but uh, at the time and Derek are your parents still alive? yeah both my parents and my grandmother really? yeah I have a 96 year old grandmother Jesus living at home 
living in your home. In my mum and dad's house. And your your father's working every day. He's my just, dad's a work animal. And in fairness, pretty, Leo pretty, knows pretty Leo, much. Leo knows him well. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, so my mum and dad worked in the business. My mum worked in the business until about five years ago, and she was like front of house, looking after all the people and the bookings and scheduling and logistics. And my dad then is a what's known as a master craftsman, so he has a almost like a master's degree in golf club making. So the building of the clubs would be he's a, he's he recognised as being one of the best in the world. Uh, at the, the art of building clubs and he holds a, a Meister award from Japan which is one of the highest awards ever to be given to club makers he's the only westerner to have a Meister only award. westerner yeah so it's, it's, it's a thing that's done in Japan and so we went to Japan uh, five years ago and he was kind of made a Meister which is the, the master of club making that's a bit mad isn't it yeah well, most Irish people we know is shysters, but not a meister. Yeah, yeah meister. Yeah, so he's a meister. If you, so it's it's a master, a mastery of his craft. So okay. he's one of the best in the world at what he does, yeah. And and then, yeah. But he loves it. And then my, dad's really, my dad's really into it, yeah. And, and in fairness, in 2010, we were voted as the best in the world at what we do. You were? So we were world champions, yeah. Myself, oh, myself and my dad. Yeah, really, uh, quite interesting, yeah. I was the first ever you Irish. You just get a phone call. Yeah, it was it was a competition that was run among my peers. Uh, and Who's your peers? All the people that are in the business that I'm in, so all around the world. There's about six. There's about six or seven thousand people in in our kind of world. If that makes sense. And uh, they vote for each other. They voted for everybody, and they voted me as the best in 2010. Yeah. So did you go home that day and think, "Fuck, I, I'm the best now." I was the first world champion in golf. That was Irish. Were you happy? I was, yeah. It was one of those things where it all kind of came quite quickly. Um, do, you have a, do you have a little bank? Yeah, and no, it was it was good. It was good because it was it was it, it, there was these were the milestones I wanted to hit in in my in my career. I wanted to hit these milestones of being the best, working with the best, being recognised as the best. Um, and and it was one of those things that I was. What's your milestones now? Yeah, that's it's it's tough because when you when you it, that's one of the things that happens when you when you hit all the things you wanted to do and and all the the places you want to go and where do you go? And right now it's about so I think for me the next stage for me will be, you know, probably not slowing down a little but being a little bit more niche, and working with the people I like working with. It's like when you reached out to me and said you like to come with the podcast, I was like yeah because I liked it, but if I didn't like you, I'd be like no, nah, no interest. I like that about you. You're very straight. What do, you, what do you look forward to? What's your thing? Breathing the following morning. <laughs> Is that it? It's good the following morning. Do you, do you have a, a 10 year plan, 5 year nope. plan? Do you ever think, do you know what? Fuck it, do you know I have enough? Or it, I want to try something else? Part of me says I'd love to try something else. It's funny when, like, when Derek says, you know, all these different kind of milestones and steps and things he wanted to achieve. I, I don't think I've ever said in my 17 years of doing it I want to achieve something because if you think of what we do you can't make cleaning sexy like no one ever rang me up and said I want to buy a Hoover that's going to suck the knob off me I want to buy a Hoover <laughs> Dave may now I put may in now head. ask for that Hoover you know so, so it's, it's very very hard to, to make our industry interesting it's pretty much I'll buy something that has a function that's going to be it where yours is probably a lot more interaction it's a big build up to your sale Mine is very simple. 
it's grey, it's got a cord, and it yeah. sucks. That's how it works. Yeah, we're experiential, so we're about creating the experience, and then, you know, people take the golf clubs as a byproduct of what we produce. So, so ours is all experiential. You would you would know all the golfers coming up. Would you be paying yeah. attention to that? And Very much so. And would you know a good golfer when they're really young? Yeah. Just by looking at them. You yeah. know, Dave Tanner, they're going to get some. Yeah, so we... So, Way, way back, Seamus Power is the current big story in Irish golf. He's Shout great. out to Seamus Power. Yeah, big Seamus. Story, Seamus. <laughs> yeah, but he was 14 when I met him first. And I, I, I liked the character more than I liked the golfer. He what was very, that, very... What, well, I just liked the way he was, the way about him. Um, but he was very talented. And I met him the same time as I met Rory McIlroy. So I met Rory McIlroy the same day. Rory McIlroy was 12. Is he a golfer? Yeah. <laughs> Funny enough. I thought he was a plumber. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I met Seamus the same day, and you don't need really. You knew that Rory was going to be huge; he was going to be brilliant because he, at the time, he was brilliant. But Seamus, I loved the character of him. He was raw. He was from West Waterford. He it was like the middle of December. He had like a pair of chinos and a t-shirt on. Lads were all in woolen hats and stuff. He was out there in a the t-shirt, lashing balls over, and he was just raw. He was just raw, raw talent, hitting balls, young fella. And his clubs were all over the place, and we we sponsored his golf clubs. When he was 14 because uh, his dad, Ned, at the time just didn't know anything about golf. And he said, I don't know what the hell it is. So I said, look, we'll look after it. And we looked after it. And we've been looking after him ever since. And now he's 40th in the world. 40th? 40th, yeah. Oh. Um, and he's one of the one of the nicest fellas you'll ever meet in your life. Ever. So I recognised the character before I recognised the golfer. And I really, really liked the character. I liked the kind of guy he was, even when he was young. Do you ever be talking to golfers that have the skill and then after knowing them think just psychologically they won't be able to do it? 100%. Because I think all those games and them sports where it's just one person where everything's relying on you, like it has to be your head yeah, that you gets could, in 100%, the way. 100%. 100%. Same with footballers or anyone in sport at a high level. It's the person that gets in the way of the, the end result. It's never the, the, the skill or the ability. It's the belief and the way that they are. And you can see it in my lap. That's probably why I gave up football with his in the belly. You were never. I just, I just, you were never played football. football. I just didn't believe never. in myself. Did you ever play sport? No crap. I uh, I played rugby as a kid in school. You and then when, badminton. When you realise that your own team beat the shit out of you, it's time to give it up. There's no point. You were good at badminton. I was. I yeah, you like kind of beating a cock around a, a court. Is that what that is? That's the little shuttlecock. Yeah, little cock. How do you get into that? don't know what it was I think it was kind of the easy way to say I'm going to do PE and if I take up a sport in school badminton wasn't too it bad it must have been a fancy school you went to with badminton it, it was, was yeah, very, very fancy was it? where did you go to school uh, Solutions in Selbridge it wasn't badminton it wasn't fancy <laughs> badminton badminton yeah but you were living in the middle of nowhere in the mountain but you, still badminton you badminton. had a hurley I mean a hurley was the most universal I, no I think I think, I think actually world. to back up on that one of the things in school was we had a really good uh, like PE teacher, oh. like he, he and like he, he was. It was loads of sports. There was loads of sports. You could play anything, whatever you wanted, and there was loads of different, loads of experience in different sports. And there was, you know, everything from normal fitness to football to badminton to tennis to whatever. And he like he did. He brought out loads of different sports for the kids to have a go of. And chess, and chess. Yeah, you didn't play chess in school. I played chess in school. Did you? No, I did not. Are you mad? So I went to school in Strathlin, National School in Strathlin, and the, the, the head teacher was a guy called Jack Hennigan, and he was a 
big into chess. So there was a chess class within your within the, the school curriculum. So you, you chess for posh, you chess so for, how, no no it's just because that's how what he was into. Draffin became posh. No, but they had they 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 had national champions in chess, right throughout all the time because the teacher. So you good at chess? No, I was never that good at chess. But we I learned how to play, so I know how to play. I can play Bad drafts and card games. I can only play snap. I play tiddlywinks. I, I play snap. snap. I'm very good huh? snap. Do you ever play tiddlywinks? You, know, you kind of flick the. No. No, I never. It's like flicking the bean. It's like just flicking a little. No, <laughs> I'm not good at any of them things. So Although I'm trying to bring back finger. Are you? Years. It's working. Is it? Yeah. Are you bringing it back? Has to. Well, happen. all I'm saying is, right, I was trying to bring it back last year, as you seen at the cannonball. I was sticking that sticker on Ferraris, quality and horses and stuff. And then on two FM, we were talking about it about two or three weeks ago, as if it's the new thing. No, but sorry, did, did Jennifer Zambellini, right? I was bringing that back a year and a half ago. Fact. Did it ever go away though? Like, it, was it always there? But the whole no, it went away. The whole glamour of it. No, lads got lazy. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I like. Lads got I like, lazy. I like, I like the fact that no, it went away because lads got lazy. Lads, lads got lazy. You know, they didn't know that you know the point to point system. Lots of people getting whoa, pregnant. Whoa, 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 whoa. Is this a horse? Back up, point to point. What's horse? that about him? Yeah, yeah. Like when I was younger, I always thought you had like in America they had first base, second base, where you then full on. Okay. So you had like first base, you give it on kissy, right? Second base, like you give it a little booby, uh, touchy wuchy. Right. And then you had third base. And third base was okay. Yeah. One or two? It depends. Everyone's different. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was a it was an easier time, not as many people were getting stuffed. Jesus. You can't, it you can't get people stuffed with the socializing fingers. When you say stuffed? Pregnant. <gasps> that, that's what I thought you meant. It's safe for bear. Absolutely. No, straight in now. I'm no glad kiss. now that I know what third base is. Come yeah. here. Uh so we we using the hand gestures we had one or two fingers. Did you ever have a three one? Uh, three fingers? Yeah. Are we talking about my, in myself or in someone else? In someone else. No, no not, not in oh, yourself. yourself. <laughs> I can tell you a story about a suppository. Go on, Dennis. Go on, then. Right, I probably told this before, but I had piles once. I was... I was piles. On I got piles. Okay. Like, Asteroid know, piles or bad piles? Oh, I, was bad. I didn't know what was wrong with me. I went to go to the toilet one day and I put the pain in my hole. Pain in me hole was just shocking. <laughs> you keep saying to me, the, every time I talk to you, say I have a pain in me hole with this. <laughs> I, that's, what's that? well, I, I don't know what that means. I, I, I didn't believe yeah. the pain in me hole. And I had a shower and I said to Vicky, I said, Vicky, you may come up here. I have so, there's something fucking wrong with my arse. I don't know what it is. Uh, there's something up with me hole. Poor Vicky. Did you so touch your toes? I cocked up, shoulder, and she goes, you've got piles. <gasps> and I was knew. there. You know, that's visible she works in the medical profession she she knows what piles look like okay and I was there how I'm so young <laughs> <laughs> you thought it was an old thing yeah Tim, I thought it was an old thing it must have been grapes so piles. I went to the doctor and he goes oh you have piles <laughs> like, you know, like a vineyard here, here you go get the suppositories you use them so I never used suppositories before so they come home they look like a little missile it's, you know they're like a, a little missile of a, a like in a rocket ship or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah remember Flash it. Garden ship years ago? Without the fins. Like, big, bu- big like a little bulbous at the top. Like a little bulbous. About bullet. an inch. Like a bullet. Like a bullet, but bigger at the top. Okay. Yeah. So I took it out and I was reading the instructions and said, you shove up your arse. 
Right. Right. So I never did that before. I wasn't really 100% sure where my finger goes to be on my arse. I've never really, I don't finger my arse on a daily basis, so I don't know. Did you wear gloves? No, 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 no. It didn't bother me at all. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, it, it, it didn't bother me at all. So I got up. Clearly. I got up. No, no, no. Don't no, show no, me what no, you did. No, no, I don't need to know. No, we're friends. Right. So I got up. I'm in the camera. Anyway, I hope you so still. I got it like I hope this, the jeans right? will stay on. I got on tight like this for his camera. What are you doing? I'll try it. So I go up in the camera like this. He's undoing right? his belt. So I'm on tight and I just kneel. Yeah. And I take it out and I'm searching for my asshole. Okay. And then I start shoving it in. Why are you looking at me like what? that? Just keep on contact. <laughs> he's, he's actually he's like his Sorry. Just keep on contact with me while I enjoy. I can't, David. It's very so disturbing. I I start shoving it in. I start shoving it in. I know I can't. And I'm pushing it in, and it's not coming up. It's gonna fall out. If I let go, it's gonna fall out. His eyes are watering. And then I push it in. Next, to my finger touching my asshole, and it's still gonna come out. If I let if I let go my finger, right. it's gonna come out. Okay. Did you clench? So I push in. Right. More. So I add force. My fingernails in now at this stage. <laughs> with no, with no keep eye contact. This is a little keep bit too contact. detailed. Keep eye contact. It's like some sort of a strange. And then all of a sudden, and I didn't expect it, my asshole goes <laughs> and sucks it up. And then you realise you had no nail brush in the bathroom. Like the cash machine in Tesco. Yeah. Oh my God. And it was, I didn't know my body would do that. Did you feel violated? No, I just said, wow, I didn't know my ass could suck something up like that. And then <laughs> not the that, first you time you said little, that. You have that little tight feeling in your asshole. Do you know after you have a really satisfying poop? I do that. That's a so high it gets five, all tight. personal high yeah, five. You have to relax for a while. So that was my experience with pilots. So after that, I started drinking loads of water. Did it help? Yeah. And did you bathe your bottom? And I stopped pooing for a long time. You just just gave what up pooing for a long time. Do you know, I used to have this habit. I come home in the evening, and that's when they go looking on done deal for stuff I couldn't afford. <laughs> <laughs> Shit yourself. I come home and I, 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 when you when you work in the in the forest, you, you poop in the wood if you have to. But if you can at all, especially during the summer, try not to poop in the wood. You don't like pooping in the wood. Not in the summer. What? Why, what's the summer got to do with it? Flies. Oh. It'd be barely out of your arse and it'd be all over the place. Right. I have a bad question. Go ahead. Did you ever poop in the woods? Forget where it was. Step in it. Yeah. No. Yeah, always covered over. That would Give it be a kick over. like a horror show. When we were we were younger than I am today, like we used to go out every twenty third, me and the lads. Every twenty third. Twenty third December. So the day before Christmas Eve, we'd all go out on the beer. Big day on the beer. The whole day. And we used to do this thing every year where every time we piss, no matter what pub, and no matter how long in the night got the trousers down to the ankles <laughs> and in the pants. <laughs> <laughs> so we We'd, we'd go into the urinals and we'd even be over in Portisha like, pack pub 23rd you know people were out with the jumpers and you know businesses yeah. shutting down they're all out and just down down to the trousers and just people come in there'd be three of us standing at the urinals just pissing there with our fucking arses out arse hanging out yeah I want to go with him on the 23rd it, it nah, was fun but we used to do that all the time and now we now no one does because everyone has kids and everyone's busy and just too old yeah too old you're too old I'd still do that and my ass is hairy would you go everyone's ass is hairy when they get older my, I think mine's sagging though I'm on I I'm have a, a belly I'm, I'm an unhairy guy I haven't noticed I have very little hair me too I don't need to see uh, would you have a bit Leo 
I don't need to see Leo. <laughs> well, it's starting to go grey, you know, you're in trouble. Oh, yeah. Why age you, Leo? 48 stone. Sorry, 48. 48. 48. 48. Derek? You're older than me. You're older than me. Go on. Tell us. I'm 49. Are you 49? Mm. Well, in July. He does look good for a 49 year old. Thanks, he? Dave. Do you dye your hair? No. Lies? No. Parties? I don't. You do. Go on. No, I don't. Tell you know, no, I don't. I honestly got truth. And you know, I wouldn't lie. I have no reason to. Do you I... shave your pubes? No. Do you have a small trim? Have you no, no. pubes? I heard that people, when they earn more than a couple of million every year, shave their pubes. They have to. The bank manager tells <laughs> Leo. Leo. Oh, balls are cute. <laughs> Leo does. You know, when you open a certain count, that they just give you one of those shavers. Weed whackers. Yeah. Is it, it, it like the John Bishop thing? Do you remember the joke he did when he thought he wanted to make it look a whole lot bigger? And his wife was on holiday, so she came back and he decided he was going to trim the whole thing. She walked in and he took the robe and she just went, looks like a chicken. <laughs> so I don't think I'll do too much Tell me this Tell us um, What do you see yourself doing in 10 years? Like 49 You're going to be 59 That's a great question Go Never on, a plan I think like anything else I, You have I, to have some plan There's no something. plan You would love to say um, I don't mean retire you'd, you'd love to spend more time at home uh, We love being at home Um but yeah, I've 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 no I've no plan in in what I want to do. Not generally, not a, not a clue. But would you want life to be easier? Um, yeah, I, I I like I don't think in seventeen years, if it's your own train set, you play with it the way you want. That's the way it works. So whether it's you know you don't work an eight hour day, you'll always work. Whether it's a, a full day, travel at night, do something, load a truck, drive a truck, drive a van. It doesn't matter. I mean, there's it, you know I'm not a, a prima donna and never will be. But at some point, you have to realize that you're doing it 17 years. You're not going to get younger. And that's the thing. So <clears throat> what I want to do, not a clue, not a clue, but definitely something that makes life a bit easier. Because there's no point working your arse off. and Derek, then realizing, you finish wanking. What, what do you... Was he actually touching his yeah, balls? Yeah, he's touching his balls. Listen. Oh, I smell it from here. There's no soap I was there. tucking in my shirt, boys. Relax. Yeah, right. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> 10 years. The veranda or the toy shop. Um, I think one of the things in with my industry, you can keep doing what I'm doing for, for a long, long time because it's not necessarily hard on you in terms of, you know, the work itself. No, because, no it's not. It's, it's not difficult. Um, the complexity is that technology is moving on. So eventually I'd say the job that I do will be done by video or computers or uh, 3D analysis or some sort of VR style um, application. So for me, I guess for, uh, I'm going to enjoy, like my lads are older now. So my, my eldest boy nearly 18 um, my other son's nearly 15. So nearly 16. So like they're moving on. So we'll be supporting them as best we can. Um, and I'm looking forward to spending more time with my Mrs. Claire, to be honest, because like we love spending time together. Like it's just, it, 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 it's phenomenal and which we enjoy spending time together. She must so, be very patient, is she? <clears throat> she is, and like I would, I would often, I, I can remember coming home like on a Friday and saying to Claire, "I'm going to America on Saturday, like tomorrow." Uh, and I, I don't know how, I don't know when I'll be back. And she'd be like, "Fine, no problem." Two years later, 
Yeah. But it, 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 it would be like that. Came home. But it would be like that. Or I, I might say, to, like, I might say, I'm, I might like say, like, I might not come home from work till nine o'clock at night. And, you know, because I was so, you know, focused, it, in, what you were doing. focused in what I'm doing. And I get really into it. So I get quite, you know, focused. And so I wouldn't even think to text her and it'd be nine o'clock and I'd be rolling in. She's like, do you pay attention to society as a whole and how it's going and the difference in how people interact with each other in the last 10, 15 years? No. Do you deliberately shelter yourself from it or are you just too busy? Probably a bit of both. Would you notice the change? You you would notice though with kids. 100%. Yeah, yeah. And it's worrying, you know, because you can see that there's, it's so, so different. Um... Uh, and certainly in the world that we grew up in, like collective we, I mean mm-hmm. you as well, because you're in similar-ish age. Like nowadays, it's it's so complicated. Everyone's watching everybody else. Mm-hmm. Everyone thinks everyone else is having a better life than them. And the reality of it is that you're not. So if you listen to this and you think that everyone else is having a better life, they're not. And that's the truth. Um, but the problem is that you, you start to believe that. So you start to live in your own sort of revolving door of, that your life is crap and everyone else's life is brilliant. And that's not happening. But unfortunately, the way that the world is, is kinked at the moment with Instagram and social and everyone is everyone is everyone is on and it looks like everyone is positive, but no one puts up any negative shit. No, smoke, like, smoke and mirrors. Smoke no, but, but Dave, you're not going to put up the day that you're having a shit day. No. Well, you're not because you no, don't want but, to put that up because wait, you don't. You, I don't. Well, a, a, you don't like the fact that you're having a shit day, and B, yeah. you don't want anyone else to know you're having a shit day. Yeah, because and and plus, if you pop a shit day, you're looking for attention. You're, you, yeah, yeah. Well, it's like when I went down. I went down Galway Wednesday night, and there was all these young lads after finishing their college course, and they were all out drinking, and they knew me, and they came over and they were chatting. Yeah. And I couldn't get over how many of them were just what we were talking about before. They had spent four or five years doing a course. And they were hoping, they were, they were delighted they were finished. Didn't want to do what they were doing. Were stressed out. Yeah. They're like, oh, what am I going to do now? Like, what, what's the real world going to bring? Like, what, what do I do now? I'm thinking <clears throat> of doing another course. Just to delay the onset of, I don't know what I want to do. There's no jobs after this for me. Yeah, it's funny because Warren Buffett says, invest in your education because no one can take that from you. The problem is he doesn't say, how do you apply it? Yeah. And we're, we're in a scary world when your local dealer knows more about running the business than your average college graduate. Yeah. Be, because they don't know anything about anything when they leave college. But see, it's such a different world now. <clears throat> go go back to 15, 17 years ago when, when I would have started. The whole social media thing now is exactly as you're saying. Everyone who's looking or posting, so why do we post on social media? I'm crap. The best I can probably achieve is Facebook, and I'm shit at it. Mm-hmm. But why do you post something? Because you want people to know what you're doing, or it, it's all about getting attention. That's really mm-hmm. what it's about. But everyone that's looking at it is then looking to the next person, next person looking to the next person. Everyone's looking for the the next thing they can't have. So we we probably end up in a society where no one is content anymore with saying. I have my lot, I have my health, I have my family, and life's actually quite good. Because you don't look back, you don't look at the, the hundreds and thousands of people behind you who have nothing. Mm. But we've never got to the point of saying we're happy where we are, and we should. 
you know, if we, we, we can pay the mortgage, we can pay the bills. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's what it's about. Mm. But instead of saying, I need to strive for the next thing, some point in your life you have to stop and say, if I strive for the next thing, I push it too far. Take what I have and just enjoy the life I have. And, yeah. it, and it's probably not a bad gig. And it's even, it's even a simpler thing than that if you just race yourself. Just pr- there's, don't be minding what anyone else is doing. Just do you. And then it doesn't matter where you are because everyone has such a different, complicated life. I struggled a lot when I started first in what was my worth. In what respect? Well, just like, you know, and what was enough? What's, where do you get to the point where you're enough? And and what was, you know, is is this enough? Do I keep going? Do I go another one? Do I go another off? And I think that's important to understand that, you know, you don't necessarily, it doesn't, it, it's not a wealth thing. For, for, funnily enough, people think it's all about wealth and it's all about, you know, if I have more money, I can do more things and I can buy more shit and I can go more places and I can have better trips and I can have a better life than everyone else. And 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 I, 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 I stopped believing in that, you know, quite a while ago, actually, because it, it was never about you can never have enough is the, is the bottom line. If you yeah. keep tracing that, you never because <clears throat> you'll keep, you know, buying more shit. And I and I realized it was more about the now, the moment. Can you enjoy the moment? Can you stand in the moment? Can you enjoy it? I, I remember a, a really good f- photograph of, uh, and it's a golfing thing, but it was Tiger Woods taking a shot. And all you could see was all the people holding their phones. There was a guy standing there with no phone drinking a beer, watching them hit balls. And they were saying, who has the better experience <coughs> yeah. here? And it was the guy who, in the moment. Who was living in the moment. It was the guy in the yeah. fucking moment because he fucking holding the phone, believe it. Who cares about people? But we've all been offenders of it. I mean, you, you, you find those things that years ago, you go to, I don't know, the Grand Prix or you go wherever the hell it is. And you hold your phone up and you just record everything that's going on. For what? You never look back at it. You never pick up your phone and go, I can't wait to look at what I saw at the Grand Prix two years ago. No one gives a shit. But instead of standing there saying, I'm just going to enjoy everything that's happening now. Because it'll be the best experience I have in my life. I sat on the bench this morning at home. I have a bench outside the back garden and I built it in a place where the sun hits it first thing in the morning. Do you have a wink? No. So 6.30 in the morning I sat there. Yeah. <laughs> and he wasn't up at 6.30. I, I absolutely was. So at 6.30 I sat there, the, the sun hits it, and I sat in the moment for half an hour. I didn't need to fucking video it to know that I was having a good time. I just knew that I was in that moment, and it was great. And the sun was hitting me, and the dog was sitting beside me, and I was drinking a cup of tea. It was perfect. He sent me a video of this. Of him, Rubbing the dog. Do you, do you, are I, you religious? No. Are you? I'm, I'm definitely a believer. Hundred percent. Do I go to mass every week? No, I don't. Uh, like a Justin believer. No, that's a believer. Oh, sorry, <clears throat> a believer. <laughs> Leo actually met Justin Bieber. Oh, I did. I did. Yeah. I, I, God I, I, is I, Justin Bieber. Yeah. I had a believer experience. Sorry, no, I, I'm, I'm not. No, at all. Were you ever? Are you Catholic or Protestant? No, neither. Neither. Were Were, were you raised any? You're ambidextrous. Well, I was Catholic, like, but I don't go to church. I have a big problem with priests. Uh oh. No, but just I, I, I just don't we're get going, it. Where I thought it would go. <laughs> so maybe <laughs> go maybe, on, tell us. <laughs> no, it's not. Maybe it's call not like this that. off. Now. No, it's not like that. It's not like that. I just, I just no. I don't. Just, I just, just a tip. I just don't. Uh, I don't get it. So, would you? Do you believe in ghosts? Ghosts. Yeah. No. Um. Do you ever think about dying? Uh, yeah, more so now that I'm getting older. Does it scare you? No. Uh, in what sense? 
So if you don't believe in God, yeah, you don't believe in an afterlife. He didn't ask me that. No, he said after birth. No, he said he believed in a religious. Yeah, so a, a religious could be any religion. A spiritual. Yeah. What do you think happens after you die? Um, I don't think anything happens. I think that's the end of it. Just lights out. I think so. Yeah. I don't. I. I. I don't think there's gonna. I don't think there's anything else. If there was, <coughs> right, heaven, and you could make one phone call to heaven, who would you talk to? Definitely the guy in the gate. <laughs> so if there was one, let me so in. give me that again. If there was a heaven, right, and you could phone call someone up there, yeah, who would it be? God, I have no idea. Who would I phone call? And am I still alive or am I dead at this point? Yeah, you're alive. I don't think there's anyone I'd want a, a conversation with that has passed currently. Leo? I know the De- answer to this. Definitely my dad. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. One more one more day, one more conversation. Yeah, it, it's, yeah. But then what did it say? One, one more conversation, one more day. You know, what do you want? You want one more and one more and one more. Yeah. You know, so it could be the hardest thing you do as well. But if if I had a choice, yeah, 100%. 100%. And if you passed in the morning, yeah. what would you wish people thought of, of you? Ball back. <laughs> they already think that. <laughs> I hated it. I hated it so much, I guess. I don't know. Um, really. I think that, that I was a decent enough guy. <clears throat> I you? guess. You'd hope they'd say you're a good guy. <clears throat> no one's perfect. I mean, I, I think if you, you'd like people to say you were decent in your intention, but I think you're right as well. There's some people who will say he's a good bloke and others who will say he was a complete wanker. That's just life. But you'd like to think they'll I think, think of you. there's, in everyone's life, if we really think about it, there's a minimal amount of people that genuinely know you that say that we're wankers. People as a rule are good. Most people are good. Like, how many interactions have you had as an adult male that you go, that's an evil cunt? Oh, I've had lots. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I'd say a few. In business, definitely a good few. A lot. So I have a lot to learn. Not that you have a lot to learn, but it might just be that the way that you operate in terms of your business and and your business isn't, isn't isn't the way that our business is. Or we would have, I would have a lot of people that don't like me. Why? I think primarily because I was B.O. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say no, it. I did things differently. I was just going to say it. <laughs> no, I did, things, I did things differently and I did things the way that people, you know, and there would be a lot of jealousy the way that I, I did things. And I got to, I got to, I got to do things in places that people could only dream about, you know, operating in. Who was the most influential person in your life? Uh, good question. Probably my missus. Your wife? Yeah. Leo? Um, <clears throat> definitely my dad. Definitely. Yeah. 100%. <clears throat> I think like, um, I suppose we you, you, in business there are good and bad days and you'll do things that, I'm not saying you, you wouldn't be proud of, 
Um, but I think. <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? No, but I'm saying like shady as fuck. No, but 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 in business. Oh then, look, they were bringing dad, in a container. Dad, what about okay, a couple okay. of it, kilos it, it, of it was, No, no, not not that. Well, one. his dad, his dad was called Leo as well. So it was like Big Leo. Is this okay? Big, big Leo, little Leo. <laughs> and, it, and it was big, big, big Leo, little Leo. It was. But uh, I think. Um, you know, there, there's times where you'll be tough, whether it's staff or whatever, and maybe things go back and go, it should have been different or I'm not proud of it, whatever it would be. But I think the one thing with, with my dad was always, you know, that you're, you keep things morally right, it's ethical, and you do the right thing for your right intention. And that's what's most important. Sounds good, doesn't it? It does. Thanks. Right. If you could give, I'll ask you this independently now, you first. If you could give young people out there now any advice, what would you say to them? You're 17, 18 to 20 years of age, don't know what to do, a little bit confused, everyone's a bit of a mess. <laughs> it still is a bit of a mess. What would you say to them? I, I guess, I, I guess you gotta, for me, the, the key thing was to just keep pushing on. Because, like, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And thankfully, I allowed myself, I, I suppose, stay open, right? And somebody said this to me before, stay open and it will it will eventually find you. So I would say to anyone out there that's kind of struggling with where they fit in in the, in the world, is to, is to stay true to your values. Be a good person and it will eventually find you. Whatever it is that you're supposed to do will eventually find you. And don't be afraid to, like Leah was saying, you know, sweep floors, you know, like and Leo will drive a van with it with a machine from his place to to Scotland in mm. the morning. I've often talked to you on the phone. You could be anywhere. Yeah, exactly. And I'm the same. Like I I will be cleaning the toilets in my place on next next week, and I'll be putting the rubbish out on a Friday. And I'll be like, it, it, it's not me sitting in an office, you know, pointing directions and writing stuff on the on the thing. But I would say big to, business, big business, get more sales. When get you talk sales. about big business, doing big business stuff. But the reality it of it big is, big. it's it's not really big business. It's 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 all about doing the little things. But if if people stay open to opportunity, it will eventually find you. But you have to stay open to opportunity. And don't think that you have to have it all fixed. And when you're eighteen and nineteen, and oh, I'm going to be a, you know, a guy on Wall Street, or I'm going to be the best thing in the world. But if you stay true to, the, I guess, the person that you are, and stay open, eventually it will find you. Like it found me. By complete accident, by the way, my job found me by accident. I didn't, I didn't go out thinking I was going to be this club guy in golf. But I stayed open to opportunity, and eventually it found me. Yeah, I think don't stress about it. <clears throat> I think Derek's right. Let let it come to you. I mean, you, we we'll all find our feet at some point. But um, big thing is don't stress it. It's you know you you'll go through so many different whether it's work, jobs, businesses, whatever. We're lucky. You start a business and it's still functioning, I don't know, 17 years later or 20 years later, it doesn't matter. But you can also start a business tomorrow and it'll fail in two years. And you just pick up your pants and get on with it again. That's the way it is. So there's no, nothing perfect in life. But the big thing is just don't worry about it, don't stress. Find, find what, you, what you're good at and just enjoy it. Big thing is enjoy it. I mean, the, the, the day you get upset by it and it bothers you, walk away from it. Start again, do something different. Sweep the road, sell with the barrels, whatever we said earlier on today. You don't have to, you know, go to college, do four years of it and think this is this is my life, I've done it. If there's nothing else beyond that, you know, I'm stuck with this. It's not that. You can do your four years, 
the best learning you'll have is university life. Do your grounding, do your learning. But when you get out there, just, you know, let it come to you. But like, it's fucking graft though. Mm. Like, don't, like, let's not sugarcoat this to the world and say, you know, this is going to be easy and you're going to be sitting at home, laptop on your lap in Starbucks, doing a few emails and the whole world comes to you. It doesn't. Like, fuck, like we've grafted. Like, I've missed so many things and, you know, and, and made massive sacrifices in my life in order to make this thing work. And he's done the same. And I know he has. But everyone does it. We we spoke today. <clears throat> you, you know Dermot for as, as long as we know you. Mm. You know, and there there's guys that get out there. If I think I go out early in the morning, he'll be out there three hours before oh, me. Yeah. There's yeah. always someone working that bit harder than you. And and if you think you've a tough time, you have to remember there are people out there working their socks off beyond what yeah. anyone else does. Yeah. So. I think anything that we do, you know, and what what you do, Davey, it, we're fortunate. You're fortunate what you do, you know, and, and guys that we know are fortunate what to do. But there's people behind us that have, you know, nothing. Mm. So no matter what, I mean, you know, times are tough and times are going to get tough for, for people. You know, we, we need to be very clever about, you know, how we live our lives. Pretty clever how we manage our minds as well, because there are tough times coming. You know, but for, for everything we do, as hard as we say it is, there's definitely people having a, a, a tougher time out there as well. So, But also enjoy it. Like, you know, fuck, everyone's getting so stressed about fucking mm. career and... Have some wine. Do. Have some wine. Like Wine's fucking, great. Like, it's very cheap right now. And beer. Well, now, I won't mention the garage, but that wasn't over... The, was that cheap? Uh, cheap. Actually, well, it, it probably wasn't bad for four no, months. Let's not promote that. But look, the reality of it is have some fun along yeah. the way. Like, don't get too stressed up. And Leo's right. Don't get too stressed up about, you know, career and... Uh, Work's work. It's all it is. It is work. Well, my, day. Work well, is work. But well, my boys, like, one of the things we try to teach is work ethic. Okay, so, in no matter whether it's in my business or whether it's my son, one of the things we try to do, say, is work ethic. Okay, if you've got to be there for half ten, then turn up at quarter past ten. I always have this thing about him getting being, being there early. Hmm. I want you to be the guy known to be early, not to be late. Right, so he goes early. And I've taught him that you got to own the job because if you own the job, you'll have the job. And he's only... You know, he's only doing menial stuff. Yeah, what, what's that saying? If you don't do more than what you've been paid for, you'll never be paid for more than what you do. You're correct. I never heard that. Yeah. yeah. That's why I'm fucking poor. You're not poor. No, you've done good, brother. You've done good, brother. We're all proud of you. Don't forget. Don't so forget proud of you. Thank you. Touch me. So proud. Touch so, me again. So proud. But lads, I have to say that was, um, that was really cool. And thanks a million for coming on and chatting shite to me. Thank you so much. Uh, the the wine was fantastic. It's been uh, you an absolute pleasure. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. <laughs> Lovely we, to be here. Lovely setup. Yeah. No, it's grand. I enjoy doing the podcast. I like doing the podcast. We like you, Dave. And you're not a bad bloke, actually. In and fairness. it's, it's, it's actually funny bloke. since I started. I I was only in Galway the other night. A young lad came over to me and he goes, "David, I have to say, I love the podcast. Oh, I didn't like you online and stuff because you know talking about too much <laughs> Mickey's, too much dicks, <laughs> <laughs> too much dicks and too much Mickey's." But now I've gone back and watched your stuff and I, just, I was just unlucky enough to see the amount of dicks and mickeys you were talking about. I didn't know what you were on about. But I love your podcast. But I think that's your way of just, you know, bringing things down to a certain level. As in, it's not that serious. Let's yeah, take, exactly. take it down a level. And I, I, kind of, and I, I like that. I feel, I feel so bad for young people right now. Because I yeah. would hate to be growing up in such a complicated world with this mass of information. Like for the first time in human history, humans have too much information. Yeah. Back years ago, like people didn't have any information. Now it's this 
huge amount of information we don't know what's real and what's not. I think we need to develop a certain amount of filter. Yeah, or or if people were just honest. Yeah, that's true. And just themselves. It's so, everything always comes down to individual responsibility. It'll never happen. Do you really, I, th- no. I don't know, I think we're in this little moment for the next 10 or 15 years where social media is so new and everyone has to be figuring out bit by bit and I think they are. Everything's so mad right now. Everything's so crazy yeah, right I agree. now. But depending on your age group, you, we said it coming up today, we go back to when we were growing up and, and it without sound like we're getting kind of old and kind of, you know, grey or a bigger bellies we had two two stations two stations on our TV what do you have now? Oh, hundreds too many but too many, But all you got is this massive information all the time and I think that's what makes me as I get slightly older retract from the whole idea of technology because mm-hmm. all you're seeing is all the things you don't like you know no one ever sold good news it's always something that's wrong depressing bad news or, sells now yeah so but, but it, it, it's no- everywhere I'm also noticing now that I'm all for being open minded but now people are so open-minded, their brains have fell out on the floor. Yeah. And they're not even thinking straight. Yeah. Like, there's no rationality. It's true. No logic. There's no logic no. whatsoever. Like those drivers on the way up. No logic. <laughs> no logic. Jesus Christ. The most aggressive man on the road oh here God. today. Him. Oh, no, yes. I'm not aggressive. I just can't deal with people not know doing what they're supposed to be doing. I can't you, believe you've done that. You make that, me that. look like the fuck up fairy. Anyway, thanks a million, everyone. And uh, welcome back, I suppose. And lads, I will chat to you again. Hopefully, some Fantastic. Time. Thanks, Dave. Good luck. <laughs>